0: Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Family Law podcast, the podcast by, with, for, and about family law professionals. My name is Tom Tuft and I'm a family law attorney and ADR provider at the law firm of Tuft, Locke, Jerebeck, and O'Connell. As expected in many quarters, the governor has extended the stay-at-home order another two weeks. However, that is not the whole story. Several business categories have been allowed to reopen. On the family law side, Knowing what the courts will do is extremely important to my clients and our colleagues. In my ADR work, I know that parties are feeling tremendous pressure to resolve their cases because they too do not know when they will have an opportunity for a day in court. I am not only an ADR provider, but an ADR advocate. But there are those cases where court, or at least the threat of court, keeps people in check. Without that threat hanging over their heads, sometimes the bullies do indeed win." We crave information about the courts. We grumble that some judges are doing things a certain way and others are not. For example, I had begun to notice that orders were signed very quickly by referees in Ramsey County, but not by judges. I later learned that our family court judges had been assigned to handle criminal matters and were not able to fully devote themselves to family law matters. That circumstance may only get more challenging in the near future as criminal cases begin to move forward. As Judge Ireland said on this podcast a couple of days ago, we have to hope judges can do more than one thing. There are certain glimmers, even beacons of hope. There are judicial officers adjusting and adopting new technologies and giving parties and their their attorneys an opportunity to, to move forward. My guest today is one of those judicial officers who has been very proactive in trying to move his cases forward. He has been handling proceedings via telephone conference and video conference. He is serving on a pilot program to use Zoom video conferencing software, and as you will hear in the interview, he he is open to other ideas as well. I am so pleased to have a chance to speak with Jason Hutchison, referee of Family Court in the 4th Judicial District, Hennepin County. So, Referee Hutchison, I, I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day.
1: I am glad to be here, and I really appreciate the invitation.
0: So, everyone on my side of the of the bench is wondering what you know. What's happening? What can we do for clients? Um, I know it's a moving target, but um, what's happening? I'm just wondering if you can offer some guidance on both your chambers and maybe the fourth district in general and maybe beyond if you can.
1: Sure, I'll, I'll see what I can do to maybe shine a little spotlight on that. Uh, I have to sort of be clear though, I can mostly only speak for myself. Um, we, and, and I know this is something that practitioners run into all the time and they're not thrilled about it, but things do tend to work chambers by chambers. And uh, I have to sort of give a little context for my answers on this. But that said, What we did initially was throw things on essentially what I called an inactive status. Uh, And then eventually the state court administrator came up with this pandemic event code that we started putting it in Minsys. We don't need to get into the inside baseball on that, but think of it like the old request of a file put on inactive status. Um, As things continued to come in, we had more technological resources made available to us, first by uh, providing more bridge lines, which allowed us to put multi-party conferences together and even put some things on the record that we weren't able to do when this first started. So we started adding uh, mostly default hearings and simple motion hearings to that. Um, Then Justice or Chief Justice Gilday's order came out that said that some of these things can be decided just on the papers. Uh, So we started doing that on things that were pretty straightforward, uh, where there was kind of a, a narrow Ambit around the issues and we didn't have to get too far in the weeds, uh, just so we could keep moving some cases forward And in the last two weeks. uh, I'm part of a zoom pilot project for the fourth judicial district, so not everybody is on that yet, but I found zoom to be really helpful and I, I know practitioners have as well and i've been putting uh, i've been doing trials and putting motion hearings and agreements on the record using zoom and pulling things off of that inactive status roster for the pandemic cases and trying to move them forward um, in whatever way possible so we can avoid a backlog when this whole thing clears and i think to be honest nobody knows when it's going to clear i would say uh, and i i can't speak for what Chief Justice Gilday is going to do, but until we have a vaccine and some treatments, at a minimum, we're gonna have social distancing concerns, which is going to make the courtrooms that I work in look a lot different. Um, Gone, I think, are gonna be the days where you had an attorney and a client and a county attorney and a child support worker and another attorney and another client all sitting up there at the table next to each other, trying to figure out what's gonna happen on a case um particularly if it's a 4d case with child support you're not going to have galleries full of people Uh, things are just going to have to change now whether that means we continue doing hearings but we change the physical space layout whether that means that we put certain hearing types on hold or whether we move more things over to zoom entirely i think any of those are possibilities and i don't want to speculate too far but i think my job and I won't speak for anyone else other than me, but my job is to figure out what tools are available to me to move these cases forward for the parties so that we can minimize the amount of time people have to sit in a holding pattern waiting to get their issue heard by the court. Um, I think we've had various degrees of success with that in my chambers and I think in other chambers, but that's the end goal. How do we keep things moving? recognizing that we might need to make some changes here and there, as opposed to throwing our hands up in the air and saying, well, I guess we'll sort it out in six months. Because I don't think that particularly serves Minnesota families well. There might be some cases where that might be the upshot, but I don't think that should be our default position.
0: So are you um, and your staff actually going to the courthouse, or are you guys staying away from the courthouse?
1: So I have turned my uh, porch slash dining room in my... (laughs) one bedroom Minneapolis, uh, house into a virtual courtroom. I've got my flags behind me. So (laughs) I've, I haven't been to the courthouse since uh, March 16th, but, uh, I am not bored. I've been handling enough hearings and writing enough orders that I'm still, you know, putting in a full week's work every week. My staff occasionally has to go to the courthouse to do mail outs because they're for self-represented parties who are not e-filers, uh, that you just have to serve them. And the way to do that is by mail, but I've tried to set it up so that I never have two of them in the courthouse at the same time.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: just minimize the, the, the contact. When we've done things on the phone lines, so the bridge lines, we've needed to have somebody in there in the courtroom and we run everything through the phone in the courtroom, uh, and then into the court reporter system, the electronic court reporting system that we use in Hennepin when we've been using zoom, um, We've actually been able to get essentially in-person court reporters by linking in the court reporter sure. um, and having them in a little Zoom window, watching everybody and listening and doing a an actual transcript while that goes on. So we haven't needed to put anyone in the courtroom to do that. Just technologically, the requirement is not there. It doesn't work better to be in the courthouse. Frankly, I think my internet here might be faster than what I had in my chambers. So Well, that's what um,
0: I've been hearing is a concern is having... Going to Zoom, having all the judges, you know, in Hennepin County doing Zoom conferences and the bandwidth, this isn't there for the courthouse. So now it's down to the bandwidth of each judge's home, which is um, probably something they can work with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough to live in a place where I I have fiber running into my house. I'm not spending all the money in the world to get the fastest whatever's because I'm not a big gamer. But at the same time, it's a really stable uh, internet that I have here. And I, at least as fast as what I had in chambers, maybe more.
0: That, that is good to know. Cause that had, that has been an impediment to what I've been hearing. And the reality is you can, it's, so you haven't had any, the technology hasn't been the problem. Um, for no, not
1: one bit. Uh, then again, I was willing to spend my own money on, you know, decent headphones and microphones <laughs> and things like that. And a decent webcam. Um, not all of which is I I still think the state's trying to figure out how to respond to a lot of this, and frankly, I can almost guarantee you they didn't have amounts budgeted for we need to immediately provide X number of hundred judicial officers throughout the state with home offices, with webcams, and good audio, and all the rest of that. I mean, that's just not a line item that they'd worked into the budget, and I think the state's been doing a tremendous job of turning a very big ship around as quickly as possible. I know people wish it, you know, everyone wishes that it were done twice as well with half as much money yesterday, yeah. right? You yep. know, we I, I can't do that, but, um, you know, nobody's, I, I don't think anyone's really doubting that we need to figure out a way to make things work. Uh, I think the challenge or the opportunity, however you want to characterize it, is finding clever ways to use sort of off the shelf technology that we have mm-hmm. available to us to keep things moving, as opposed to saying we need to ground up, create uh, a brand new way of running everything we do, because that's just not going to be nimble enough to deal with the current situation, I I think. I mean, I, I don't speak for anyone but myself on that.
0: So, um, we're getting towards the end of our time. I was wondering, is there any final tips, tricks, suggestions? I mean, how should attorneys deal with cases in front of you?
1: Uh, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> know your file and have talked to your client before you get on the phone with <laughs> me. But, uh, but I, I'm guessing that the people who take the time out of their day to listen to this podcast, aren't going to be those folks. So <laughs> I would say this, um. The best way to get a hold of us right now is probably through the Chamber's email, which you can find just by Googling Referee Hutchison, and it pops up on the um, Fourth Judicial District website. Uh, Most of you have it already. The reason I say that, everyone, I mean, I think people have different preferences on how they like to communicate the court. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you don't call, but I am saying that if my clerks aren't in the office most of the time, calling may not be the most efficient way to get a hold of them because to get them on a phone call requires both the listener and the receiver to be on a phone at the same time. So use asynchronous uh, communication technology like email and you'll get a response back pretty quickly. The other thing I'll say, and this is, I think, maybe the most important thing I can say, I don't know that I'm doing this the best way. I just know that this is what I've figured out so far to try to keep things moving. So if somebody says, hey, could we do it like this? Is there a chance Referee Hutchison would consider doing it like that? Or there's some judge in Brown County or Watlong County who's doing it this way, and that works really, really well. Send that in the email to my clerks. I am not so in love with the sound of my own voice that I want to do it my way all the time. My job here is to get a job done. And if you can hand me a better way to do it, I'll at least consider it. I may not agree with you. I may say no for any number of reasons, but um, it won't be out of hand. I mean, I'm always looking for a better way to get this job done. And uh, if somebody wants to pitch me an idea, uh, just you know, let, let me know how's that? Uh, is that
0: a, that, wow, that's uh, <laughs> actually extremely helpful. And, and, um, I, you know, and, and I, I haven't gotten, you know, clear, such clear direction from others yet, but that's actually, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, well,
1: I mean, we have what, 250 or 300 judges in the state and there's only 15 of us in Hennepin uh, judges and referees total who are handling these cases. We do a lot of them, but we're not the only place doing it. And if you've heard of a good idea somewhere else and think we need to be aware of it. I think we'd be foolish not to listen to you. Um, we we don't have a monopoly on good ideas, and uh, I'm willing to try something new and see how it goes and you know judge it from there.
0: Well, I certainly do appreciate your time, Referee Hutchison. This is probably more helpful than you realize. You know, we out in the in the bar craving information and and you know, how to approach things, you know, obviously we don't want to offend the judicial officer and we don't want to um, step on toes. And we know, you know, you have other stuff coming at you that, you know, other pressures and we have our pressures. And, um, it, you know, it sounds like you're willing to to hear us out if we have some ideas and suggestions, which is- um, Yeah, good, and I would hear. say
1: at the end of the day, if you want if you want to win me over with an idea, that's a process idea, I think you should do it like this pitch it in a way where it doesn't seem like the only reason you're saying it is because this is going to go better for your client. Um, sure. If if I'm going to adjust a process or adopt something new, I want to make sure it doesn't matter uh, whose ox is being gored. I want to make sure that it seems fair and even-handed, it uh, sure. is fair and even-handed to everybody involved. Uh, everyone that, like I say, is going to be listening to this podcast, I'm sure is already going to know that that's the best way to do it. But if your idea comes across as sort of, self-serving just for this one client but you know you sure as heck wouldn't want to see it done that way in other cases well you know I'm going to be a little bit more skeptical but that's how you pitch it to me uh, those are the things that I'm looking for
0: well I again I appreciate your time and I will uh, look forward to checking in with you as things develop and see if see if you have additional insights down the road
1: yeah if you ever have some space to fill or if you just want a sort of a, a check-in or something like that reach out to me I'd be happy to do this again
0: thank you What a great conversation. I certainly appreciate his passion for the job and compassion for the people appearing before him and his desire and willingness to innovate and try new things. I encourage you to take a look at his bio page on the court for more insight into his goals and philosophy. Our guests this weekend will be Tom Harges and Rachel Howitz. Tom is a trusted financial expert with Baker Tilly. Rachel is an educator and representative of of Our Family Wizard. She's going to discuss how Our Family Wizard is used during the pandemic, in addition to to identifying some new and helpful features. While I frequently have had to review Our Family Wizard accounts in my role as a parenting consultant, I was not aware of some of the new innovations Our Family Wizard has released in the last few months. I recently went through a training with Rachel and continued to be impressed by the innovations Our Family Wizard brings forward. There are new tools like communication tools for children, allowing them to communicate with with adults and and other third parties relevant to their case. It's it's interesting and um, almost uh, social media-like in its simplicity. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please subscribe on any of the main podcasting platforms. In addition, all the podcasts can be found on our firm website at tuftlaw.com. TUFTLAW.com Once again, we have come to the end of an episode. So to my family law colleagues, I say thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing these discussions. Now take care of yourself and your family so you can take care of your clients and your business.